Hi, and welcome to Women in the Business Arena. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shuk Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Every week, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We reframe the lens on business so women just like you know how to achieve not just success, but fulfillment and freedom. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs, mothers, and multiple business owners how to conquer the business arena. And the thousands of women we have worked with have given us insights and wisdom to share with you. We get honest, vulnerable, and real about what we've seen and experienced. We would love for you to join us in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. And if you want to get even more support, visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my gorgeous co-host, Laura Shook Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello, hello, my friend. How are you How's today? Going? Yeah. I am doing pretty well. It's, uh, I can't believe it's already the month of May. Woo! I know. Crazy, crazy <laughs> how time is flying this year. Yeah. I love yeah, I'm it. just thinking about it. I'm like, oh my goodness, summer and summer camps. Am I prepared? Like, <laughs> why do we have to worry about being prepared for summer? Am oh. I the only one that's kind of like, am I prepared? <laughs> it's like, wait, it's supposed to be time to relax. But. I know. It's funny because it's like a constant, right? It's one holiday or another. It's winter break or summer break or Easter break or whatever. So we're always kind of navigating that. But today we thought we would kind of tackle a topic that I hear a lot of people talking about in different Facebook groups. My clients talk about it sometimes. And it's also things that I've had to address in my business many times. And what I thought would be great to explore is what do we do with sort of, you know, contractors or services we hire and when there's a lot of broken agreements. So, you know, maybe a contractor or service provider didn't provide what they said they would. Um, You know, maybe there's a broken agreement between partners. What do you do when things aren't working in a relationship that you have in business? How do you navigate it? How can you better prepare for it? Because I think these are really challenging moments where a lot of people feel conflict. I know I do, you know, because you're trying to be sort of nice and get the project done or whatever it is you're doing together. And yet things just aren't working out. So, so what do we do in those circumstances? What do you think, Laura? Yeah. Yeah. This is a topic we have not gone into. I don't think very much on this, um, podcast. I'm excited. What's funny when you started talking about it, the psychological profile of entrepreneurs popped up into my mind. And I'm just like, yeah, because we tend to be those that are entrepreneurs. We like things a certain way. We're very self-driven. We take a lot of initiative. We like to play well with others, but we can be very specifically like committed to a certain business outcome. So I was just thinking like business partners. It's amazing that we ever partner together because we're so strong willed, you know, so many, <laughs> so many entrepreneurs are like, I've got this thing and I'm going to solve this problem. Um, but yeah, so it brings, there's lots of different areas to look at because whether you're going into agreements and with partners and you're going in a maybe more equal shared partnership into a business or you need to bring people onto your team on a contractual basis or a collaboration or partnership, we're having to make agreements what looks like a great onset um, of a, an agreement or a contract uh, sometimes can go south. And so what do we do when we're halfway through a project or we've invested 
in some sort of a person and there's an agreement and we're not getting our needs met. Like, how do we navigate this? Because we're usually investing really important piece of our budget, right? Something that we've been like, oh my God, I only have this much money. I want to put it into something that's really going to accelerate my business. Completely. And because this is such a broad topic, I think we should focus as well because, you know, we could talk all day about sort of business partnerships and that kind of is its own thing in terms of, you know, if you're going into a partnership equally or you've got some kind of joint partnership in terms of you're both invested in a business, you're working together, you make decisions together. Let's put that into another podcast because I think that is a big topic to talk about. But let's talk about other kinds of partnerships partnerships. So maybe it's JV partnerships, maybe it's contracts. So you've, you know, contracted someone to provide you a service, whether that's a website or um, implementation or systemization or whatever that is. You've, you've basically hired someone, you know, to be part of your team to, you know, help you accomplish something, get something done. You know, what does it look like in those kind of circumstances? Because, you know, that even in itself is obviously a big topic, but I want to talk about, you know, what do we do to prepare better for that? How do we handle it when we're in the middle of something that's failing? And what do you do if it just really goes south and, you know, you got screwed? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I think it is important that we focus because it really could be a whole nother conversation. The whole business partnership. I I have a lot to say about that one because it's like marriages, you know, there's a whole bunch there. There's a whole bunch there. Um, So this one is, yeah, definitely. What do you do? I think from the onset when we make agreements, and this is something that I haven't always been the best at, is that when I get an intuitive hit, like this person I want to work with, I can sometimes rush through the process of the initial agreement because I'm excited that I finally found that person and they're going to help me. And so I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like here, here's the money, do it. (laughs) And I could, yeah, I can get a little bit too excited and in, hindsight, then I'm like, shoot, what's the agreement? What was I supposed to, if, if this didn't get delivered, what's my recourse? Oh, we didn't even put that down on paper. You know, so I think the first thing is how are you going into these agreements? And if you're like me, you could be rushing them out of your excitement to finally have help. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think in a way we also want to outsource things, right? So I know for myself, if I feel insecure or overwhelmed in a particular area and like just recently in the last year that this was in like systems, like I'm not great with systems and tech, like I suck at tech and it really bogs me down and makes me heavy and makes me just really spins me out. So, you know, those kind of areas and you're hiring someone. Yeah. A lot of times you just want to outsource, just do it. Just like here, oh, oh, someone can do this for me. Yay. And we don't always really sort of dot our I's and cross our T's to make sure that the contractual agreement we're entering into is clean and solid and, you know, I mean, I, it's, it's interesting and and I'll probably use an experience I've had in the last year recently where I had a very sort of bad experience with a contractual service provider. And, you know, I feel like I'm usually pretty good. Like I do read through things. I do align before I start agreements to say, hey, this is what um, I want to accomplish. Are you sure you can get this done? You know, like there's a, there's a lot of agreements that I do. And yet, even in those situations, sometimes things can really go bad. But I do think 
making sure we slow down at that initial onset, that we really do our due diligence to make sure that the person that we're hiring, we know who they are, we know their track record. Um, Sometimes, like in terms of the service provider that, that I'm using as an example, I got a recommendation, but not from someone I knew very well. And so I followed that recommendation. I didn't do my due diligence. I didn't look into, you know, her record or for her testimonials or anything. I just used that recommendation and really liked her. And that was it. You know, that was what I, what I sort of went off of. Like you were saying, Laura, like it was so exciting and I just wanted all this stuff off my plate and I was willing to invest a lot of money. And I was like, yes, take it. Woohoo. And I like this person. So it's all good. But, but sometimes that can really bite you in the bum. Yes. Yeah. I think, I mean, this is also just bringing up, it's so hard. It's like, it's emotionally to find the right person. Cause first of all, we go through all that I can do it myself. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't need help. Then you finally are like, I have the courage to reach out and find some people that you interview and then you make that commitment. And I think that it's really probably more the norm that we don't, by the time we've actually just decided we're going to have this agreement, then we, we kind of go all in and we stop, um, what, let's see what the word I'm trying to say is like, you know, then I kind of turn my head the other way. Like it takes so much emotion and so much to get to that place. And then I outsource and I hire the person. Then I almost even turn away from the project at times. And so I think one of the things is, you know, when you do get a a contractual agreement as a service provider, how much contact are you going to meet every week and check on progress? Like what's the accountability goals? Um, Because, Sometimes it's just easy to go away and be like, oh, yeah, and I'm on vacation and you're taking care of that, right? And then I'm busy with this other thing and you're taking care of that, right? And so like the communication, how are you going to have this accountability on delivery of whatever it is that you've decided? And I don't know if that was something you thought a lot about Mm. in this case. Yeah, well, look, I, I did and didn't. And I think, you know, a couple of things, you know, in hindsight that I would suggest in terms of going into a contractual agreement, you want to make sure every single thing is in writing. Because oftentimes I'll have conversations with people and I might even be very upfront and clear and say, hey, is there an agreement on this? But if I haven't recorded it or I haven't written it down where they've agreed or through email or whatever it is, I've got no documentation or support if something is to happen. And I think it's really important that we have those agreements upfront in writing or in a recording. And, you know, not just in terms of who we hire for a service provider, but also in terms of ourselves. Like so many of my clients, I make all of them at least create an initial agreement from their programs so that whoever's signing on with them is clear about what they do, what they don't do, what their rules are, what their terms and agreements. I even think a lot of business owners forget to do that for themselves. And I also highly recommend, and this is what I teach my clients as well, to do kickoff calls where you're, when you bring on an initial client, you go over some of the most important agreements and you have them agree verbally and you record that conversation because those things are so invaluable later on if something happens. And I know that's kind of preparing for the worst, but it's really important that we protect ourselves and we care for our companies um, because it's, you know, we there it's inevitable, I think that we're going to get into situations where people don't provide us with good service or clients are unhappy or, you know, 
know, there's a million things. And so the more we can kind of prepare up front by making sure we have very clear agreements, you know, and accountability and communication and what's going to be delivered and not delivered. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Well, and to your point about it's very, um, it's taking good care. It's protecting um, your business, your company, and staying clear with the other person. And I think this is this is human nature. A lot of times we just don't think about um, what could go wrong until it's gone wrong. And yeah. then we're like, oh, gosh, what are we going to do now? So, And we're not saying like to live from this place of, oh, shoot, I've got to look at every agreement as if it's going to be broken. But there's a middle ground where it's like, how do I stay informed? And how do I think of this as like, um, you know, safekeeping, some sort of, this is how I protect my own energy levels and my agreements with other people. And I like your point about, um, you know, sometimes, you know, if you feel like, oh, no one's even reading those, um, they're not even reading all of that contract or, you know, how do I know that they're really um, understanding it? You know, that kickoff call is where they've already read over things or you've read over it, but you're verbally checking in with each other that, there's an understanding and that you're all both on the same page. And I think that is definitely a good piece of advice. And you can just have it recorded so that if there's something weird, you go back and be like, let's, let's review our kickoff call. Cause I thought we were, I thought we completely talked about this and you can even just be like, huh, I think, you know, even though you're like, it's in there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like I have every client sign, sign an agreement and make sure that they're, you know, they've signed it. And that way you have this document that has been signed by them that you're really, really clear in terms of agreements and stuff. And I, And I think, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that we sort of pass off. And I think as women, we're way more apt to do it because we are about relationships and we want to have good feelings with each other and we don't always want to be formal. And and I think, you know, we can let some of these things slide, but it actually is really detrimental long term to our business. And you know, it's important to have really clear communication because what happens up front often is that there's miss sort of uh, a misalignment of expectations, right? So, you know, a client or a service provider, whichever one you're working with, they have an idea about what they're going to deliver or what they're going to get. And then, you know, you've got an idea about what you're going to deliver or what you're going to get. And sometimes it's like in our head, it's different. (laughs) So, you know, that becomes a real problem later on when you have to challenge it or you have to kind of bring it up that this is not going according to plan. And so, you know, I just think it's really, really important to make sure up front that you have very clear agreements and that there's some understanding of what happens if if it doesn't happen. So, for instance, that's exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, if an agreement isn't fulfilled, if the service provider doesn't complete it, if, you know, the client doesn't get what they want, what does happen? You know, what what are sort of the the end results? And I think if we do that, we're at least, you know, setting up as best as possible. Even in those circumstances, stuff will happen because that's inevitable. But I think we need to set ourselves up as as clear as possible. And I think a lot of, um, you know, women in particular and, you know, just because I know women so well, 
I think sometimes we're afraid of conflict and we're afraid to rock the boat. So we just try to really be nice about everything and we don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. And there really is a middle ground. There's a really beautiful sort of space where you can be clear in your agreements. You can be upfront about it and yet you can be in care. Yes. Yes. I do think that that is, I was going to say it's the, it's challenging for a lot of women to be in conflict with each other. And we sometimes, like you said, we would, we're worried about how we're going to be perceived or um, if we're going to lose that relationship. And so we can sometimes not seek the clarity that we need because we're like, Oh, you know, I just need to get, to let go. It'll be fine. But that whole piece about planning for when it doesn't go well, um, like what do you do when it goes wrong? I think that that is so important and and not often written enough in contractual agreements. So as a business partnership, more and more people understand, like if you're going to form a legal entity, like you need to have an exit strategy and you have a dissolution process, like how will the partners split how well, um, who gets what money, you know, those kinds of things. But when we're just doing like a service provider contract and we've hired someone um, to be our graphic designer, or we've hired someone to do our books or I don't know, different things like that. We often don't talk about what happens if this relationship isn't working. <laughs> What happens if you're not fulfilling, you know, we focus a lot on you're going to do this for this amount of money and I'm going to provide you this. But then what just happens if this is not a fit? I don't feel like I'm getting value. You're feeling like you are providing value or something. It's like, how do you deal with when things just aren't working if you have that in your contract, then there's a process. Be like, oh, you know, you need to notify me within 30 days of product project delivery if you're unsatisfied with blah, blah, blah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we can actually get really specific in our contracts. And I think we, we don't think to do that. Yeah, I agree. So let's switch the conversation a little bit because I think, you know, obviously preparing ahead of time. So some of the things is doing your due diligence on anyone you're getting into a contract with is really, really powerful. And second of all, it's making sure you've got a contract and that there's some things that you've handled and you've approached with them either in writing or in a recording. So that's sort of the upfront thing. But let's talk about what happens when you are then in the middle of a situation where things aren't working. Because I think this is the toughest part of the experience. Like, you're literally in it with them. There's conflict. And what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, <laughs> therapist would say that communication would yeah. be the first. So as soon as you're aware that you're not happy and something isn't working, the first step is you reach out to that person you've made an agreement with and you ask if you can schedule some time to check in that you would like to discuss how things are going. Yeah. Um, and But then what happens if they won't respond to you? Yes. <laughs> yes. And see, this is the interesting part is that... Yeah, like sometimes we, it seems like we can do everything right. We can bring up the issues. We can talk to them about it. We can wait for a response. And yeah, and sometimes no matter what we do, it's it's kind of an epic fail in terms of us getting any kind of um, response back or any kind of engagement. But I think, you know, communication is one of the first things that we need to do. We need to be very upfront about it as well. Like I know in this last situation I've had in the last year, one of the things I 
have didn't do enough was be very, very direct. Like I, I really, I have a lot of patience to be honest, and I'm very kind of lenient and understanding if people have issues and, you know, I know work doesn't always go to plan. And so it's like, I'm kind of accommodating in some of those ways. And sometimes I can be sort of overly nice or really sort of soft instead of being a lot more direct. And I think sometimes when things are going bad, you have to be direct. You have to say, hey, things are not happening the way I would like them. Can we talk about it? Can we renegotiate? Can we address some of the issues that I feel is happening in this situation? You know, if we're really direct, I think sometimes then they have the option to respond so that we can, you know, or not respond, but either way, we've done it in writing. That's the other thing. Make sure you do it in an email, in writing to show that you have it. Because one of the cool things I, for myself over this last year in this experience that I've had is that, and just to give you a little background, I basically hired someone to do some systems work for me. I paid a lot of money with the promise of having it done within a few months. After six months, it still wasn't done. Not a single thing got finished. Um, you know, and like I said, I paid a lot of money. And so, you know, I'm having to now go back and engage a lawyer and having to go through sort of this process. But what is interesting about it is that at least I have a lot of communication via email so that I can show every single date that I sent an email that got no response. And so, you know, I think that's really important that you are direct in your communication, that you have a like a record of it um, because you don't know what's going to happen long term. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really important to point out that emails can be an effective way of documentation, of documenting even legally. So people might think, oh, I didn't get that in writing. Like I didn't yeah. get that in that initial contract. But if you do have a good um, you know, case against somebody where it's like there's failure to deliver on a service or product that was promised, um, that can actually be really good for your case. Like, yeah. you know, just be like, look, here's all the times that we've communicated and we haven't communicated. So that's that's a good reminder. Yeah. And then the other thing is I think negotiating um, payment and when you pay is challenging because so many people are like, well, you pay this up front. Yeah. Um, and so we don't argue with that that much anymore because we want to value um okay, this person is going to put a lot of work into this. I'm showing that I value their work. And so I'm giving that initial payment. Um, But even legalities around, you know, how can you have recourse on a payment that's already gone through? That's tough, you know? (laughs) But I also get why people are asking for payment up front. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's, it's an interesting process, right? And there's, there's no black and white. I mean, you know, definitely not on this podcast. Can we come up and be like, you should do this because there's no way for us to have sort of one blanket concept. But I think, you know, in general, what we have to look at is communication. The other thing I always look at for myself is what is mine and what is not mine and getting really clear about that line, which we've talked about before in some of our under-owning and over-owning episodes. But, you know, sometimes we can over-own and sometimes we can under-own. So I always start with looking at just with myself, you know, not talking to anybody and not in communication with the other person because I need to sort of figure out and feel for myself. What could I have done differently? Is there something that I can own that's my fault? Or have I done everything that I possibly can and there's just nothing else I could have done? And what is responsibility? What does the other person promise that wasn't fulfilled? 
what did they do or not do? You know, it's really powerful when you can kind of even take a piece of paper and sort of, you know, put a line down the middle and say, okay, here, what was my responsibility? What was their responsibility? What did I do or not do? What did they do or not do? It's like you can start to get some clarity about where the agreement broke down or, you know, just, just to know where the best path is to move forward on. Um, it's a, it's a, just a really powerful exercise. Yes. Yes. It's really, I love that you're bringing, cause we can get really, um, pointy fingers yeah. <laughs> like, ah, oh, you know, you broke this and you did this, yeah. but you know, when you start to feel that something's not going well, like just asking yourself to own that, like what's, what, it, what's not working here and how much of this is mine, how much of this is theirs, um, being able to communicate that and knowing that, you know, often, um, being able to communicate from that place, other people feel that. So if you come after, like if you do have that person mm. that responds and you set up that meeting, if you're really clear about the part that you're owning, mm. um, they will feel less defensive Yeah, because they will feel that you're owning that and that you're not just throwing everything back on their plate because maybe it is something where they don't, they misunderstood, um, they're feeling overwhelmed or afraid to tell you something um, you know, all sorts of different things can be going on in our complex human relationships. Yeah. So being able to stay in your own um, power, being able to feel what's yours, that will often kind of disarm that other person yeah. and help them be more honest with you about what's what's going on. Yeah. yeah, it's really, you know, it just keeps, as we're talking, I just think, you know, to speak to the psychology of this, it's so challenging for many of us to... I think for women to really stand in their truth and ask for something when they feel like they've been mistreated or like they're not being valued, it's mm. so much easier for women to turn or what we tend to do is just let it slide. Yes. Like, okay, shoot, you know, like how many clients have come to you and been like, oh, I've invested all this money in, in coaching and I haven't gotten anything and, 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 and then you're like, well, did you say anything? Well, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> look, and that's, that is the problem. Like we let things slide and look, this is exactly what I was guilty of in the last year with the situation is that I let too much slide. I, you know, I was compassionate and understanding, but like I was getting really frustrated and I didn't specifically say it. And I didn't really communicate directly how I was feeling or what was happening. And I think, you know, we kind of, we're just willing to take more, right? And that's, I think this thing as women, like we're willing to take more, we're willing to take on more, we're willing to let things slide, whether it's because we don't want conflict, whether it's because we're afraid to own our value or whether we're just like, we just don't want to rock the boat. I mean, I know for myself, I just wanted these projects done. I was feeling incredibly stressed. I was feeling overwhelmed that weren't projects I could do on my own. At least I thought I couldn't. I've now ended up doing them on my own. But, you know, there were <laughs> things that I thought I couldn't do on my own. I was super overwhelmed to buy. I just wanted them done. And I was willing to put up with a lot of stuff in order to just get them done. And that was on me, right? That was my mm -hmm. mistake. So, you mm -hmm. know, I think there's this really interesting interesting place that we have to sort of look at and own, but that also doesn't justify people taking advantage of us. It doesn't justify people not fulfilling their promises. It doesn't justify all of those things, but we can come to come with a more neutral perspective to make sure that we're clean inside ourselves. Yes. I love that. 
Yeah, and that neutrality is going to disarm another person versus coming at them all, like, um, very accusatory. And, you know, it's, it's one of those, the other thing that you touched on is, you know, any decision that I've ever made that came from a place of desperation or exhaustion, like, I do have to be careful to be like, am I making in my it's kind of like the it's the opposite of the enthusiasm so (laughs) I can either be so excited um that I finally found someone that I'm not really being clear with the arrangement or I'm kind of exhausted and I'm just like oh I'd rather not think about this or I'd it's easier to just let it slide but it's important that in our businesses that we step into our value Mm -hmm. Um, and just even when you know you're super like huh I can't do this um, but your company needs you to do that advocacy for her (laughs) Um, I call my company a her she has a female gender Um, (laughs) she needs me to step in and be like okay like let's negotiate this let's come to I like what you said about renegotiating so when you come to something like this too it's not always about dissolving it all together or this isn't working let's go our separate ways but really remembering to go to people feel confident in owning what's yours and ha- asking for for them to be able to just receive what you have to say and and really come at like can we revisit can we renegotiate this agreement because it's not working this yeah. is not going the way that I want it. And I would love to be able to continue our work together, offer you an amazing testimonial and move on. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not going that direction. It's going to go negatively for both of us if we don't figure out a new way to, to work this out. That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, just to finish up this sort of middle piece, because I feel like there's kind of a beginning and a middle and an end, right? So the beginning is what we do to prepare. The middle is when we're in the middle of it. And then there's the end when it's over. What do we, how do we handle it? But just to wrap up this sort of middle piece, I think, you know, some of the powerful exercises I've also had my clients do when they get in sort of conflict or situations is to really write down, like really document everything on paper, look at it on paper, look at the facts, look at some of what's black and white. And sometimes that really helps you own it. Like, you know, I sort of let the situation slide a bit too much, but once I got to actually put every single thing down on paper, every missed deadline, every missed meeting, every promise that never got fulfilled, every single thing that happened in this like last eight months, it is it really like allows you to have some confidence in being able to address it and handle it correctly because you're like, wow, okay, that's a lot of stuff in black and white. That's a lot of stuff I can prove through emails. Like there's a, it sometimes just really allows you to have clarity. And when you have that clarity, you're able to step in more confidence to kind of handle the conflict. And I think there's also sometimes a misunderstanding that having compassion means that we don't address a conflict. And I disagree wholeheartedly with that because we can have a lot of compassion and yet still make sure to address conflict, to own our value, to be clear in our agreements and to handle broken agreements when they happen. So that is not a lack of compassion. And in fact, I think when we handle conflict, when we address it with integrity, when we address it with you know power, we're actually more compassionate with the person that we're working with because they are not very um, aware or they're willing to sort of let their own integrity slide. And I think helping people see that is compassionate. 
Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I think all conflict should include compassion yeah. as a key ingredient because, like you said, it doesn't, you know, people misunderstand that. And compassion is that you are understanding and you're still standing in your own truth. Like you're seeing some other person's truth and you're still saying, but this is mine as well. And so how do we stay in this place of me understanding where you're coming from and you understanding where I'm coming from? Yeah. And, you know, in, in relationships are complicated and they're going to be complicated in our business just as they are complicated in our life and our relationships with our partners and our kids and our friends makes interesting makes life very interesting um yet i think the more that we feel equipped to go into these agreements owning our truth and our value Mm. and we're really detailing out for the other person like these things are important to me are you on the same page And then we have kind of this check-in, checks and balances for like, is it working? Is it not working? Do we need to pivot or renegotiate? And then knowing when it's like, how do you just walk away? And what's the compensation for that? You know, to kind of go through your beginning, middle and end. I think that we are going to have things fall through no matter how well we do this process. Like you can have the most amazing beginning, middle and end, but there can still be things that happen out of our control. But I think that, if we are having these conversations with each other and thinking more clearly through how do we go into these agreements and how do we plan for the conflict um, in the misunderstandings that might come along the way, then we're going to feel a lot more confident um, and we're going to feel a lot more comfortable addressing any kind of issues. So true. So true. So let's quickly, before we wrap up, address also some of the things that happen at the end. So let's say you've done all you can to address a situation. You've been direct. You've communicated that there's an issue. You have tried everything you can to get the other person to respond. And yet it's not happening. So maybe the relationship ends. Maybe you didn't get the services that were promised. Like and that was what happened for me. You know, and now you have to do something about it, right? I mean, you can let it slide and a lot of people do, right? They just walk away. They invest in things. They're like, oh, that was my loss. There's no way for me to get it back. But I am actually a fan of sometimes if you really are in the right and you really did all that you can to engage a lawyer, because even a letter, a formal letter from a lawyer, which is not a huge amount of money, you know, to send to someone can sometimes get them to finally respond or get them to finally come to the table to negotiate some kind of response, some kind of uh, refund, you know, something that can, can happen. I have engaged a lawyer for these kind of situations. I have engaged a lawyer for clients that wanted refunds that there was absolutely nothing that I didn't provide that I promised. And so, you know, there are times when I think it's really important to have someone who can back you, have someone who can indeed say, yes, you did everything you could. And yes, you shouldn't let this slide. You should at least, you know, start the process. Now, how far you want to go through that process is really up to you. You can start with like sending the person a letter from a lawyer 
which will just show them that you are serious, that you're not just going to let it slide. Then if you want to go to small claims court or things like that, you can sort of move towards that direction, or you can just address it the best you absolutely can yourself by having done every single thing communication-wise that you can and just write it off if it's not worth the time and energy. But I think that sometimes we're, we're too... It's too easy for us to just like walk away and say, yeah, that's okay. It doesn't matter, but it does matter. And those people that, you know, have um, not done their promises and, and not fulfilled the things that they talked about and not completed their agreements, I think it's very important that we let them know that that's not okay. Otherwise, it just perpetuates more broken agreements. Yes, yes. And it is so true that sometimes it does not take that much legal action. It just takes that letter that says I may need to take legal action yeah. um, or the lawyer that's saying like, this is an issue. And then people, and it's, it's unfortunate. It, it has to get to that point, but don't forget that you do have those rights and yeah. that you can, you know, advocate for yourself. I think this is the takeaway, you know, that I'm coming away from this, Sonia, with this conversation is that just really important to remember to stay loyal to myself and to be an yeah. advocate to, own what's mine, but also feel that I can honestly go and renegotiate or ask for, you know, for compensation if that's what I'm needing or refunds or an awareness um, that something's not going well. And that really, that so comes back to just owning your value and knowing how to take that stand and share your voice and yeah, yep. be that advocate for yourself. Yeah, that's right. And, and your business. And I think the whole piece of this is this is about stepping more and more into our power. Like we are valuable. Our time is valuable. Our money is valuable. You know, sometimes the in, the mistake can be on us. You know, we've invested in the wrong things or we didn't do our due diligence or, you know, there there's, can be a lot of those kind of situations. But I also think we need to stand up for ourselves. We need to communicate where we're unhappy, where things haven't been working and why. And sometimes I think, you know, it's, it can be so simple because if we communicate, someone could have just been unaware and they can be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that was happening. I didn't realize we had a difference in expectation let's resolve it. I mean, sometimes we're so challenged to just speak up and say, hey, this isn't okay. And yet they're so accommodating to help us or they're so accommodating to respond when they know what our needs are or they know what we're frustrated with or we, you know, they have that communication. So, I mean, I think the bottom line of this is that we do have to be an advocate for ourselves and we do need to communicate more clearly all around in every relationship. Don't let things slide. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up the segment for today. Thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Add to the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease. We need more women in power and with the resources to change the world. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, please help us spread the word. You can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We're so appreciative of your support. Okay, see you next week.